0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crip review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 6, Episode 10, In the Groove. As always, John Cassier does the voice of the Crip Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired December 21st, 1994. This episode was directed by Vincent Spano, who also played Officer Fine in another Tales from the Crip episode, Two for the Show. So he was in that one as Officer Fine. The one about the train and the, tr- and the trunks and the death and they mix the trunks up and things like that. So you can go back. I've already done that episode. You can go back and listen to that one. But he directed this episode. The screenplay is by Jack Timchin and Coleman Decay. This episode stars Miguel Ferrer, who's been in other episodes. At least one other. He was in The Thing from the Grave. But he's also in TV's in CIS Los Angeles. Uh, Linda Duches, or Doucette, uh, she's from TV's The Larry Sanders Show, and Wendy Malik from TV's Just Shoot Me and Hot in Cleveland. So it's a kind of a small cast. Also there are some guest appearances by Rusty Schwimmer, who does a lot of character acting and things. She's pretty great. I've seen her in other things. Um, and Slash, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses, makes an appearance in here as well. So I'm going to go ahead and read the information on the back of the box for Season 6, Episode 10, In the Groove. A shock jock figures an on-air murder will amp his ratings. Let's go to the phones. That's not quite what happens, actually. Um, well, I guess technically if you take it from... No? I mean, is it really an on-air murder? I don't know. We'll get into it. So here we go. Season 6, Episode 10, In the Groove. Oh, you guys, this episode. If you've listened to previous episodes, and I hope you have, You know, if you haven't, go back and check them out. They're a good time. So in previous episodes for season six, I've mentioned that they try to be a little more like sensual and add a little bit more kind of nudity or sexual type situations or things like that. It's been in, in many of the episodes in season six, as it's definitely more of the quote unquote sexy season, at least in my eyes. And this episode takes the cake. So this episode is basically mostly about sex or sex related things. So I hope you are ready. We're going to get into it. This episode is a bit cringy (laughs) and weird and fine. So here we go. I hope you're ready. Let's do it. Come on.
1: Let's
0: talk about sex. So This episode starts out with the crib Keeper. Luckily this intro is not all sexy. He has had previous ones before or at least where it implies that you know he has a girlfriend or a partner or whatever and they're in bed or something. But this one starts out where the crib Keeper is sitting in an old like 1920s 1930s hearse type Ford maybe um car. And he's doing his puns and he's talking about driving and he loses his arm trying to signal to make a left turn or something like that. And he's having fun, you know. It's a pretty short intro and it starts out. Okay, here we go, you guys ready? It's just a pair of lips, Miguel Ferrer. And it's kind of like they got like a soft fuzz on the the, light, in the screen, right? It's just Miguel Ferrer and it's him. And then as they're like, he's talking out like a sexual scene or encounter. So he's all like, oh yeah, so great. Oh yeah, you're so hot. And it's, and he's just like spit coming off of his lips. And you're just like, okay. And he's talking about her shoes. And then you see like a high heel with a woman's leg in it. She's wearing like a stocking and it's on just like a chair, like a kitchen chair and he's just talking about that and then you hear a woman's voice in the background and she's answering him and you see his hands like grab her feet and it just gets kind of gross, kind of cringy and there's a woman answering and the woman is being played by Rusty Schwimmer eventually gets to a point where he's like something about her g-string or her thong or something and then Rusty Schwimmer answers and she's like, I don't wear a thong or I don't wear a g-string and then it kind of like pulls him out of the fantasy now I think the stocking
1: yeah Baby, you've got the most beautiful legs, but I i bet you hear that all the time, don't you? Well, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, right. Why don't you stand up? I want you out of that skirt, you nasty little girl. You look so good in that g-string. I
2: I don't wear g-strings.
1: Okay. What kind of panties do you wear? You know, regular ones.
2: Fine, whatever. I I don't think I want to do this anymore.
1: Maybe one of our listeners has a fantasy that's more to your liking. So, uh, okay out there, Lancaster. The lovely Carla's waiting to hear from you. Let's go to the phones. Number here is 555-1234.
0: And so he's like, you know what, whatever. And then that's when it shoots back. And you see that he is at a radio station. And basically he runs like a, I mean, they're not like super late night. I think he has a different spot right now in the lineup. But he's late night and it's kind of like he just like a kinky sex kind of thing. I mean, it's kind of low-key. It's not like super, but there are some moments where you're like, okay. And then him and like whoever's a guest will like act out a fantasy. And it seems a lot of the times like it gets cut off before it gets too far along in the fantasy, but it's kind of like a titillating show, you know, so so he does that. And it's not like super popular, but he's trying to find new ways to get people interested. And he's not really getting like any calls in. And it shoots over to uh, Rusty Schwimmer and he's like going off on her and like, yeah, his name of his show is Gary's Drive Time Desires. So yeah, it's like almost nine in the evening. It seems like it's like every hour or two that switches out, which I don't know how you can make much money doing all that. Anyway. She's supposed to be acting out the woman's part and she's not really like playing along the way he wants it and she's confused and he's mad at her and yelling and she looks like she's in like a uniform from Chicken Restaurant or something. She was paid to be on there like a five or 10 bucks or something like that. She looks so terrified and uncomfortable. Like as soon as he starts going off, she's just like, all right. Then she like kind of tells him off and leaves and she gets out of there and he's mad because his fantasy didn't work out. No one's answering the phones and he's getting ready to swap because it's nine o'clock and that's when Slash comes in in between them. He pretty much just looks like Slash uh he's got his glasses on and his hair and his big hat or his tall hat he's got a couple like one-liners here just about oh whatever gary i'm gonna take your good spot or whatever on the shows and ragging on him a little but nothing too crazy but he does has the later spot so gary didn't want slash to know that he had paid carla to be on the show he was trying to imply he had fans that wanted to be on the show so i'm guessing she like delivered his dinner and he was like hey i'll give you 10 bucks if you stick around on my show and act out this fantasy with me and so then he's all mad about the time slot, um, his sponsor just left and one of his only sponsors. So he finds that out because he goes down the hall and it's his sister, played by Wendy Malik. Her name is Rita and Rita runs the station. There's this station and a couple other stations in better locations, I think, or like other locations that their mother owned. And she had passed away and left a lot of it to Rita and then he's mad because he doesn't have control over a station and him and Whitney Mollick's character, Rita, do not get along. She's trying to run this business and he's terrible and she doesn't know what to do, and whatever, and they're just mad. So this is a sibling episode. There's not a whole lot of these entails from the Crypt. Um, the one I can really think of offhand, I mean, besides like split personality where those two were twins, uh, would be like Abracadaver, which was two brothers who worked in a, a lab, but there's really not a whole lot of sibling episodes, so it's kind of fun.
1: I want him fired.
2: Oh, you're the one I wish I could fire. I just got off the phone with the only sponsor you had left.
1: Hendrick's auto body walked.
2: (laughs) Hendrick's auto body ran. I'm moving Hank to drive time, shifting you to graveyard. What? You can't shift me to
1: graveyard! Hey,
2: listen, every second you're on the air, this station loses money. And if your ratings don't improve in your first week, I am cutting you down to half an hour.
1: You have the authority to do that. It's all in the will. No, mom left us the station 50-50. I can do whatever the hell I want.
2: Read the fine print. I make the corporate decisions.
0: And she's like, you need to spice up your show or I'm going to switch you to graveyard shift, which I guess is probably like three in the morning where no one's ever on on there because he's costing her money. So Rita's like, I found a way to help save your show. There's this woman, Valerie, and she's going to partner up with you and act out the, like she knows about the show and she's going to act out the fantasy stuff and kind of spice it up a little and like she can be sexy and things like that. So that's when Valerie comes into play and Valerie is played by Linda if That's how you pronounce that. Um, So she shows up and she's like in this business suit, Valerie is, and she's like, hi, you know, I know you don't like this, but I think this could help and I could help you. So then next it cuts to them working out their fantasy thing and she's like blonde and got short hair and they're sitting across from each other with their headphones on and they're kind of like running through this scene again about like some stockings and it starts to shoot where it's just showing their lips again and trying to be all like sexy. Do you like what you see?
2: Yeah. Let me feel what I do to you, Gary. Oh my. Did I do that? Oh, you? Oh, Gary, you animal. You're in the studio. I've never even done it like this before. Oh, Gary. I just can't resist you. Oh, take me, Gary!
1: Back. I'll take your calls right after this message.
2: Yes, I can take it!
0: Give me everything you've got! How was that? Yeah. Honey... I'm back it works out like everything works out it gets kind of dirty and whatever and it's great like he has this rush he's like oh my gosh that was amazing and she's like it was amazing and then you find out i think either the show they're on now or their their next show is going to be it's called bizarre sex act thursday That's what they call one of the shows that they have on Thursdays. And so then he's wanting everyone to like call in with the most weirdest and strangest thing they've ever done. Like most perverse thing. So it's like a call-in show too. People can call in. And it seems like he makes fun of them if they confess like a pervert. Like if they get too perverse or too into it. Like he'll just play like a weird sound effect or something and be like, Ooh, that's crazy. And then cut them off. So it's kind of weird. I don't know.
1: That's right, Lancaster. It's bizarre sex act Thursday. I don't know about you, but uh, things here in the studio are getting a little fluffy, if you know what I'm saying. Now, I want to hear the weirdest, the strangest, the most unquestionably perverse things that you've ever done. And I want to hear it now. I want it hot. I want a nasty deal with it.
0: And so then he's on like cloud nine. He's like, yeah, he's rubbing it in the sister's face. He's like, take that, Rita. And she's like, it's been a week. Calm down. I'm also the one who sent her to you. So calm it down. So then Valerie and Gary end up hooking up in the radio station because they're like flying high off of this feeling and she's just like there and she just like seduces him in this big light in the um, station and behind him I think is a portrait of his mother. They just like go for it in the radio station. So now they're like a thing, kind of like a couple. I mean, they're basically having sex, but time passes and Valerie wants more and Gary's just like, what? No, we're hot for each other. And she's like, yeah, but that's all you want is sex and everything. And it's like, well, I mean, look at where you are. You only know this guy through this. I'm not saying you guys shouldn't have done this, but maybe take it outside of the radio station and see what happens, which I think she's kind of wanting to do that, just like go on a date or something.
1: What is wrong with the show? The show's great. Next rating book that comes out, we're going to be ready to expand the entire station group. It's a problem?
2: Not if we keep doing what we're doing.
1: What are you talking about?
2: All we ever talk about is sex.
1: Yeah, so? What's the problem with that? That's what our audience wants to hear. No,
2: that's all we give them. We're better than that. No.
1: You see, they want to forget about their pathetic, impotent lives. It's called escapism. Entertainment. What's the matter?
2: Do you trust me?
1: Why not you take me home and find out? Jesus. Oh. Val!
0: Then it cuts to like another um, session of like the radio show. He's talking to some guy and there's a guy on here that's complaining that he found his wife in bed with another woman. It's a little like, you know, like that whole stereotypical thing of like, that's not a problem. You could get a threesome out of it. It's like, okay, like that's going to happen. But the guy was like, it's not right. She shouldn't be with this other woman. It's insane or like, I hate this. And then Miguel Ferrer's character is just like, what are you doing? Like, that's not a problem. He names all this other stuff. He's like, that's a problem. This is not a problem that your wife's with another woman.
1: You have a problem with the fact that you came home and caught your wife in bed with another woman. Is that what you told me? Is that what you yeah, said to uh, me Larry? I, I got a big problem with that. I, I figured uh, if she's uh, going to have suit. an affair, why couldn't it be normal? You know, like with another man. pal. What? You catch colon cancer that's a problem yeah, well, yeah, but your dog dies it's your best friend that's a problem yeah you catch your wife in bed with another woman not a problem how well, we you know many Lang- losers from Lancaster would die to be in your shoes Larry do you get oh, they, they, yeah, out of your yeah. mind why didn't you jump in grab the
0: moment I mentioned this because later on I feel like they could have done a throwback to this scene and made something of it. I'll talk about it later, but so there's this scene. And yeah, like this is when Valerie's like, I want more and Gary's like, whatever. And so now they're going through, like, the different sketches they want to do for the show. And, like, there's a confession time and things like that. And she's still kind of mad. And she's kind of pushing him along. I think they're still, they're, like, on the radio. I think she's, like, low-key a therapist or something. Like, maybe Rita brought Valerie on here to kind of analyze him in a way. Which I'm not sure who all had the long-term plan for all this. Because it's Valerie that's behind some of what's going to happen. So, so she gets him talking about his mom on air.
1: My mother radio stations in her day. Not that I was ever employed in any of them. she didn't want to spoil us. And when she died, what do you think this loving, nurturing woman left me in her will? Chicago station? No. Her Minneapolis station? Uh-uh, no. All she left me was half of her Lancaster station. Half. And do you know why she did this? Because after holding me back my entire life, she wanted to keep me under her thumb from beyond the grave as well. Have you ever heard anything more sick? Anything more perverse? Despite all her success, my mother was just a greedy, hateful, wretched, all children of death. I hope you're hell, Mother. But you my life.
0: And the phone starts lighting up. Like they're trying to, I guess she's trying to swap this into some sort of um, mental health type radio thing. And he goes on this whole big tangent and he really goes off on his mom. He is not happy with her. Her picture is like right there in the studio. He's mad that he got passed over for having, you know, an extra station to himself, that he has to work under his sister. So he's like super mad. He grabs a picture of his mom off the wall and he's like breaking it and throwing it and like, all this I think is on air. And then he's like, I'll be right back after these words. And then right then, Wendy Malik, his sister, runs in and she's like, do you realize what you just did on air? Tomorrow is your last show because you just went off about our mother on air. And then he's like, look, and like the phone lines are blowing up. Everyone's excited. So now he's mad and they're back. I think everything's just so foggy and like like a soft lighting on everything on this. So now they're at, I'm guessing, one of the apartments, either his or uh, Valerie's. She's just, he's going back and forth like, oh, I'm so mad at my sister. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. And really quickly, he comes up with this murder plan. Like, it just seems like super convenient. He just comes up with this murder plan. And right away, Valerie's like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Let's kill your sister. So they like catch this plan. They pre-tape a segment so that it sounds like they're at the station. So that they can cover their bases. And then he goes to sneak in to his sister's room at night to kill her. And then she like Valerie's out in the car or something. So he creeps into Rita's bedroom. He's got like a knife and he goes to stab her. And then she wakes up and has a gun and points it at him. So like she knew he was coming. So I'm pretty sure Rita and Valerie knew. But not really, I mean, it really seemed like he took off with it real quick. It wasn't even like, oh, I would never do that still to my sister. You know, they were just like, luckily he played right into it. So Rita shoots up with a gun and she's like, yeah, Valerie's plan worked. He's like, gets down on his knees and he's like, please don't do this. I'm your brother. And it's like, you were just about ready to kill me. So she's like, give my love to mom and then shoots him. So then he dies. And then that's when it shoots back to the radio station. And Valerie's at the station and she's like all sad. And she's like, unfortunately gary has died in a tragic accident and i'm here to help everyone through it and like talk about our emotions and things like that and so people are like oh my gosh that's so sad and people start calling in like everything's lighting up so she's able to successfully switch it over to more of a like mental health emotional talk radio thing and then they got rid they got rid of gary
2: Thanks for helping me break in my new on-air talent. Rita! Listen, I wasn't too sure about this self-defense thing, but Fal's plan has worked perfectly right from the beginning. Please. Hey, if it's any consolation, I think you finally found an audience. <laughs> you might have been pretty good after all.
1: Don't do this. I'm your brother, for God's sake.
2: An accident of birth. Give my love to Mom. Ah! Ah!
1: The problem was, I was nuts about her. And I was totally blinded from seeing what a fool I was. I'll tell you, it's amazing sometimes what you'll do to close a deal.
2: Folks, this is Valerie. And something awful has happened. I just popped out for a sandwich. And when I got back, Gary wasn't here. But he left this tape playing. I've just been notified by the police that Gary is dead. He's been killed. It's just... I know that this is hard for me. And I'm sure it's hard for all of us. at least we have each other
0: and the phone lines are open now what i was hoping they would do which if they played back on it i mean not that it would really work too much because it's not like it would be like his like the other woman is his sister so it wouldn't really work but it would be an interesting like callback. i thought it would have been interesting if like valerie and rita were a couple they were together and that's one reason they they went after everything like this and then he didn't see it but it would be similar to that situation earlier with the one guy whose wife was with another woman and got caught and then like he was all take advantage of that or whatever but again it's it's kind of a low it would be like a low-key callback but I just thought it would have been interesting if they would have swung it that way I guess it really doesn't matter luckily I guess Rita really knew her brother and how low he would actually stoop and I mean she also killed him too so that's not good but yeah so Gary is dead and Rita and Valerie are gonna make this radio station rise to the top and that's the end of the episode it cuts back to the crypt keeper. He is still in that car driving, and there's a, a skeleton police officer, like um, like traffic cop. The ones that are on the road more, like on a motorcycle or something. One of those cops, and he's come to like give him a ticket, and like he's has some money. He's gonna like try to bribe him with. And his hand has come back actually. He I guess he reattached his hand from earlier, but he's just dropping all kinds of puns and having a great time. <laughs> crypt keeper, you're so punny. And the best crypt keeper pun is poor
2: Gary. Talk about being number one with a bullet. <laughs> Looks like he'll be the morning man after all.
0: <laughs> and the little skeleton cop's really cute too. He's even got a little helmet on. And yeah, that's the end. That's the end of season six, episode ten in the groove. Sexy episode. Question mark. Uh it just it gets a little like a little bit raunchy, but a lot of it gets cut before it gets too crazy. I mean, it's still no aggressive sex scene, like only skin deep. Season six, episode two, that one probably was the more graphic one, really. But this one was just a lot with just listening to it and everyone whispered voices. <laughs> yeah, that was the episode. It was okay. I feel like it could have there could have been more to it. But I mean, it's kind of an interesting twist a little bit. But yeah, there is some trivia for this episode, which I had mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that episode. So, um, the trivia says Miguel Ferrer also appeared in Tales from the Crypt, The Thing from the Grave, like I mentioned, that was 1990, um, as Mitch Bruckner. And then in Tales from the Crypt, As Ye Sow, 1993, he was an uncredited hitman at the end. I remember that at the church. So yeah, so that's the episode. The next episode is season six, episode 11, Surprise Party. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode and for supporting the podcast. If you'd like to email me with any questions or comments, you can do so at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. You can also leave a five-star review and I will read it on the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, or Podcast Republic, I believe. And there's also a Facebook page and a Twitter page, which I'm a little bit more on lately is on the Twitter. Again, thank you so much and have a good one. Bye.
1: Just had quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was beating.